player podcast. Halloween pool is here, where the scar and abnormal live and terror thrives. So make sure the lights stay on as Nerd Pool presents Halloween Pool. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Halloween Pool, brought to you by the Nerd Pool Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's the JMIE, your 31st favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And we are starting off Halloween Pool Month. The whole month of October, as you know, is dedicated to the scary, the supernatural, horror, um, everything that just comes with this time of year. And we are starting it off with the monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Right off the bat, before I get into any of this, um, I want to say, again, I have no medical training. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. Um, But like many people, true crime tends to fascinate me, as it does millions of people on this earth, um, whether you listen to podcasts like Sword and Scale or Crime Junkies, whether you watch TV shows like Law and Order or CSI or docu-series like, you know, Dateline NBC and Investigative Discovery or even the OG, in my opinion, Unsolved Mysteries, what fascinates us with the the way uh, serial killers are? What fascinates us with their, their minds? What is it? We, we always wonder, you know, what causes a person to do this? Is it nature? Is it nurture? Um, are they born this way? We, we don't know. And, you know, while I, I really think, and I'm, I'm hypocritical of this at times too, um, we tend to kind of glorify them. You know, we, we tend to take them and take their names and we put it out there and, you know, we keep saying it and making them famous. And a lot of them, this is what they want. They enjoy the infamy that comes with it. They relish in the fact of being popular, um, you know, and, and being sought after and being liked by people, which is weird considering their crimes, but they're liked. They're getting fan mail. They're getting money sent to them, you know, and a lot of them revel in it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that most of them felt like outsiders. They were introverted and they were shy and they felt like the world didn't care about them or didn't want to, you know, didn't didn't want them here and when they start getting that attention it kind of feeds into the the ego that now that they're having they're 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 feeling that they're loved and wanted but you know the fascination tends to tends to make these folks infamous um jeffrey dahmer and this is the third that I know of a series or TV show. We had Dahmer, which was starring Jeremy Renner. We had, you know, my friend Dahmer in 2017, which basically dealt with his life in high school. And now we have this, the monster Jeffrey Dahmer story, um, which is starring Evan Peters. Evan Peters does an amazing job portraying Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer is a unique individual to say the least. Um, if you don't know the story of Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad you don't. Because Jeffrey Dahmer was a very sick and twisted individual. You know, I have no qualms in saying that. Jeffrey Dahmer killed 17 uh, men and young boys. He not only killed them, he tried to turn them into zombies by performing uh, lobotomies at the house where he would drill into their skull and he would then shoot a solution of acid and hot water to try to lobotomize them to where they couldn't move, they couldn't run, they couldn't leave him. Um, not only that, after he killed them, he would he would have sex with their bodies, and then he would eat their bodies. Now, this is, Jeffrey Dahmer is one of the most prolific serial killers in the history of the United States. 
probably the world. He is known. He's world-renowned. The story, he was caught in 91, but his first killing can be traced back to 78 when he picked up a hitchhiker and proceeded to beat the hitchhiker. I don't think he meant to kill him at that point, honestly. I think it was just he had a lot of sick, twisted fantasies, and I think it, it was his... It was an impulse, and he did it. And then he went on for about nine years of not doing it. Went to the military and so on. And then once it seemed like once that started, after that, about nine years in, after that second one, it just it went to hell after that. Now, the thing about Jeffrey Dahmer is um, it seemed like, from all accounts, Jeffrey Dahmer was a very introverted person, a very shy person. And it seemed like he wasn't, didn't feel like he was wanted. It didn't seem like he felt like he was, he had an inferiority complex. He didn't feel like he was good enough. Um, he was also gay at a time when being gay was not, you know, the normal. You couldn't, you know, being gay was something you kept hush hush because it was, it could open yourself up at that time, especially to harassment, to violence, um, to being, you know, dis dispelled from the community that you're in and I think he might have had issues with that with him being gay he didn't couldn't resolve it he was afraid to resolve it and he took these fantasies out now again I, I think that um, our fascination comes with trying to figure out why we you know why people do this it's something that it's 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 out of the normal and using when something isn't normal or something isn't that isn't um relatively available to us especially at this time when there was no internet you know this is something that just it shocked the world and he is not the first serial killer that's done these things he's not going to probably be the last unfortunately but he was the most prolific at the time because again it was not only the fact that he was uh, killing and um, having sex with bodies and eating the people it was also the fact that he was he was uh, gay and he was killing mostly black and Hispanic men. Now, that also was the reason that it helped him, I think, get away with it. One of the main stories is his youngest victim was a 14-year-old um, Asian boy who got away from Dahmer. He had drugged him and he escaped and he was found naked and passed out. The police found him, brought him back, and Dahmer told them that that was his boyfriend. He was 19, and, you know, that he was just drunk. And them being kind of afraid of him being gay and everything, let him go back to him and let Dahmer take him, and Dahmer ended up killing him. Um, those police, you know, that, that was a mistake on their part, but it also it, it shows that time. Now, this series delves into that. It delves into... Um, Dahmer taking advantage of low-income, you know, uh, impoverished areas. It shows him the that at the time when it was it was a different time. It wasn't right then. It's not right now. It's never going to be right. But the prejudice of you know some people just didn't care about ethnicity. They didn't care about ethnic people. They didn't care about minorities. And he took advantage of that as he was in a, you know, a mostly black neighborhood. Um, and he used that as him and him being gay. He used that to kind of woo police away and kind of, you know, basically kind of frighten them and keep them at, at bay because they didn't want to deal with a gay guy. They didn't want to deal with a gay guy that was having intercourse with, you know, black people or uh, Latin people, or whatever. 
but um, I think that that's what kind of caught the attention because again at the time you know this wasn't thing uh, being gay wasn't you know I don't want to say mainstream but it wasn't it wasn't mainstream it wasn't broadcast as openly as it is now it wasn't as accepted as it is now even though there's a lot to do with being gay and not being accepted we're not getting into all that but you know back then it was really a hush hush tone and it, also the fact that it was you know, on top of the depravity that he caused and the depravity that he indulged in, um, I think it just captured the mind because people hadn't seen that. You know, you had people like Bundy who was who was killing uh, teen or teen girl. You had people like John Wayne Gacy who was killing uh, boys and you know hiding them under his basement. But these people weren't eating them. You know, uh, Bundy might have indulged in necrophilia himself, but Dahmer took it to another extent because Dahmer, it, basically everything that you could be, you know, your worst nightmares, uh, he did. Everything that you could think of, the scariest parts he was he was involved in, and it really captured the attention of the entire world, mainly because of where it was and at the time. Um, but the the monster Jeffrey Dahmer, the series that released on Netflix starring Evan Peters, Molly. Molly Ringwald, Richard Jenkins, and Niecy Nash. Niecy Nash does an amazing job in this. Richard Jenkins is a great actor. My only issue with him in anything I see him in now, and I guess this falls into being typecast, is everything he's in, I only picture him in Step Brothers. I picture him, him screaming at Dale and Brennan. Him, you know, complaining about them wrecking his boat him whipping them him you know this that like i see him in stepbrothers every time now and maybe that's a typecast thing he's a great actor and he's great in this but it's just it's when you hear his voice that's the only thing i think of stepbrothers niecy nash again does an amazing job niecy nash is is in this plays his neighbor who's basically calling the police over and over again trying to say there's something wrong and you kind of hear this as a perspective from her uh her point of view um we get a lot of this isn't really Dahmer is the main issue uh, of the entire series. Evan Peters does an amazing job. His his voice, his cadence, um, his look, everything seems to be what Dahmer was. And even he said it was hard playing the role because he had to get deep into it, and he had to have his the people working there kind of pull him out of it at times. But in this in this series, we kind of see from the point of view of his victims, his victims' families, his neighbors, his family. You know, Dahmer is the central point of it, but he's not the main focal point. Um, we we get to see, you know, his other victims. We get to see how their family reacted do, during the killings, before the killings, after the killings. We get to see the, the fallout of it. The series starts off episode one. Um, just with a bang, like right out of the gate, Dahmer gets caught. It's his, you know, when the a guy he's going to drug and and kill gets away, the police find him with handcuffs hanging from him, and he takes him back there, and they find pictures of Dahmer with, uh, you know, dead bodies and dead corpses, and we see him get arrested there, and so the rest of the series is kind of mixing him doing his interviews when he's confessing the crimes and him and the, the reenactments of everything and, you know, and him basically telling that story as it goes on. Um, the, you get some heartbreaking stuff in this. You see Dahmer growing up. You see his fascination with, you know, roadkill and taking roadkill apart, his dad helping with that, his dad trying to bond with that. You see his mother, played by Molly Ringwald, 
who has a who has issues. She has mental issues. She's on a lot of medication. Um, she's on, you know, they say 20 pills while she's pregnant with Dahmer. You know, sleeping pills, um, mental pills, medication, whatever. And, uh, you know, that the, that kind of goes into it of her, her father's thinking that that's the reason he did that. She's blaming his, his father for, you know, indulging his psychotic behavior of, you know, wanting to take animals apart and put them back together. This kind of gives you a dynamic of, again, a nature versus nurture. Was he born this way or was he made this way? We're never going to know that. We will never know because he even said, you know, he had these kind of fantasies when he was younger. When he was younger, um, And at that point, you know, is it because of the upbringing he had that it was kind of a tumultuous upbringing or was it, was he born that way because of the the medicine that his mother was taking? Did it affect his brain chemistry and affect him? It's a question for the ages and something that, again, we'll never be able to, to, to know. But we see that. We see that his mother leaving him, taking his brother, basically telling him, you know, that you can stay here with your father. I don't want you. Nobody wants you. So that starts having abandonment issues. And this, a lot of the stories, you know, they take the names of the, of the victims and they put them out. They also tell the story. But uh, how much of it is completely accurate and how much of it is sensationalized? is up for debate now i know some points and i hate to say this they're going to take parts of the story and they're going to kind of mold it a little bit to either make it more dark or more sinister even you know i'm not saying that it wasn't already dark enough but they're going to make it a little bit more sensationalized for tv because it might not have been went the exact way they wanted it or what you know the story might not have been able to be told on tv in an and i don't in an exciting manner and i use that word just it's hard to say but you know i don't want to i don't want to come across as this is exciting it's just you know when you're trying to make tv and compelling tv uh, while the story isn't in and of itself is compelling sometimes when you're trying to make a tv show you have to sensationalize stuff and i think they took liberties with certain parts and made made it a little bit more graphic than what it should was at times or a little bit more they added parts of the story that weren't there for lack of a better term um but uh, through this series, you get to see Dahmer as he basically, I think, is trying to come to grips with being a being gay. He's also trying to come to grips with being a loner, being by himself, having abandonment issues. He's got an inferiority complex. He doesn't want people to leave him. He doesn't want people to, you know, quit him or, you know, to he wants them to stay with him. He wants them to listen to him and be there with him all the time um this is this is the most evident in an episode relating to one of his last victims tony hughes this again i don't know how much of it is sensationalized or how much of it is taking liberties with but in this in this series alone uh, it portrays it that basically he meets tony and he's gonna do it but tony's different tony's deaf tony's listening and him and Dahmer kind of start dating and kind of start having a relationship, um, you know. And it seems like Dahmer's actually kind of in love with him and is enjoying this. And Hughes the same way to the point to where, you know, when they first meet, he's like, you want to come back to my house? And Tony Hughes told him, you have to earn me. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm looking for love. I'm not just looking for a hit it and quit it. And I think that kind of took Dahmer as a, wow, you know, he's not, he's a little different. And so they go about it, and Dahmer learns a little bit of sign language, and they're writing to each other, and you, you kind of feel like there's a love between them. 
and then when they finally do have relations together, um, Tony gets up and he's like, you know, I got to go to work. And he works out of town. He's a model out of town. And, you know, he's like, I got to go to work. And Jeffrey's like, can you stay? He's like, I have to go to work. And he's like, you know, when will I see you again? He said, next week. And Dahmer says, how do I know that? And he says, trust. He signs trust. So then Tony leaves and Dahmer doesn't want to leave. Dahmer, Dahmer doesn't believe he's going to come back. He thinks he's just used him. So he grabs a hammer and he, with all intents and purposes of killing Tony and Tony leaves. And we kind of see after that of Tony's died. His family can't find him. His family, you know, goes to the police. They're doing, trying to find any way. They're looking to the, the gay community, his friends to try to find, you know, where he was, where he is. You know, he hasn't talked to them. He's very close with his family. And then, you know, you kind of see the fact that, and Dahmer's, I don't want to say he has remorse, because I don't know if he ever truly shows remorse for anything. I don't know if he was capable of being empathetic to these people. But, you know, he kind of, he donates money to, to try to find him. And he sees his family and stuff there, and it seems like he's kind of worried and kind of upset that, you know, what happened. And then we flash back to the apartment. You see Tony come back. He said, I forgot my keys. So he goes in the bedroom, and... The next shot is him laying on the bed dead and Dahmer sitting on the bed next to him and grabs his hand and holds it. And it's at that point you really see that Dahmer is just, he has a abandonment issue. Like he's really worried that this man was never going to come back. Like he was never going to see him again. Even though he told him, I'm going to be back next week. You know, I have to go to work. Basically, you know, he's like, we're, we're together. We're not, I'm not going to leave you like that. But Dahmer had it in his head that this man was not going to come back and that he used him and that the only way to keep him there was to kill him and a lot of it has to do I think with the eating of people has to do with you know there there's the rumors out there there's these sayings that if he eats somebody it's them staying with him like they become a part of him and they're with him forever at that point is that what it is is it was it a, a fetish was it infatuation infatuation um, I, I don't know I don't think, again, I don't think any of us will ever know, but this series, like I said, while taking a look at uh, racial prejudice and um, sexual prejudice against, you know, um, gay people, and it, it delves into all that, and it shows you, you know, that the, the reason he got away with it was for these reasons, was for the people he preyed on, and that's what helped him get away for so long doing what he did. Unfortunately, at that time, it was a little bit more prevalent than it is now. It wasn't as accepted, and he was able to stalk and prey upon these, you know, these individuals and these groups of people because of it. Um, Dahmer was caught. He was put in prison, and he was subsequently um, beat to death by another inmate. Him and another man were beat to death at the same time, and that was pretty much the end of Jeffrey Dahmer. Now this story portrays Dahmer when he gets in jail of, you know, getting fan letters and getting money sent to him. And it kind of shows the progression of him, you know, being that shy person. But when he starts getting these letters, he starts kind of feeding into it. He starts, you know, acting out a little bit and acting kind of cocky and acting like he doesn't have remorse for people. And I, again, I don't think he had remorse or had the, imp I don't think he had the capacity for empathy towards these people. But it was a, it, it's truly 
it's truly a, a look into the mind of someone who never felt wanted, never felt loved, never felt like he belonged anywhere, that now he is getting this attention and it's kind of creating a even more of a monster as he feels like he has to do this in order to have people continue to like him and you know continue to write him fan mail and to be loved by these people it kind of brings up a question of what again what is our fascination with these types of people why do we keep glorifying these types of people I watched the Dahmer show you know it's one of the biggest uh, shows Netflix ever had and they'll do more now you know there's 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 a plethora of big name serial killers to pull from they'll do more of these because it was such a big hit so what brings us into that what's our fascination with the macabre what's our fascination with the depravity that comes again with watching these shows i think that we glorify them and we it, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword where i think it actually takes people and some people it actually pushes them to do it because they know then that they can get notoriety they can be famous or infamous if you will by doing these things and I think it can kind of feed into something it's the same thing unfortunately with when you have you know mass killings I think a lot of these people know that they're going to be talked about and you know you, you know the names of Dahmer you know Bundy you know Gacy Eileen Warnos you know these names because they're the one that commit these acts we don't know the names of the victims you know we, we rarely you know before this show I don't think anybody could have told you very not any name I think very few people could have told you the names of any of Dahmer's victims and if you look at the you know all the other serial killers or anything like that I don't think we know the names of their killers of the the people they have they murdered or the you know the lives that they ruined we know the killer and we glorify that and we make that famous again I'm guilty of it too I watch the shows I listen to the podcast you know it drives ratings but it's scary to know that these people are the ones that are being celebrated when we should be celebrating the victims we should be celebrating the you know the lives of the people that were taken from us by these psychotic monsters um, you know, there's people who didn't know Dahmer. They didn't know the story of Dahmer. They might have heard the name, but they didn't know the Dahmer story. And now you have a whole new generation of people who are invested in it. They're they're Googling him. They're reading up on him. They're trying to learn about him. Is that right? Is it right to be able to take, you know, the pain and suffering of families who have to deal with this and put it out there and more of it. The families that were involved, the Dahmer's victim families, were not involved in the Netflix show. You know, they said that they weren't contacted. They were just, they were, they were part of the story, and they weren't privy to being part of the story. Um, I don't think it's right, but again, that's not for me to say. And nothing I say, I can condemn it right now, and it's still going to be there. You know, because again, our minds are fascinated with why do how what makes a person do this? What makes a person is it something that flips? Is it something that's ingrained? What takes a person and has them become that much of a monster? And that's all it is. You're a monster at that point. This isn't a, we could have saved him. There's something innately wrong with you. Where it comes from, we don't know. But there's something innately wrong with you that I don't think any form of medicine or therapy can fix. I really don't. Someone like Dahmer, I don't think that medication would have fixed his 
you know, his thoughts. I don't think it would have fixed his fantasies. I don't think therapy would have fixed his fantasies. I don't think therapy would have fixed him. You know, they're, they're, this is one person, this is a monster out there that just, I think, was past saving. By the time he started this, it was over with. And after he did the first one and then he did the second one, I think it became a compulsion. And he was looking for something. What he was looking for, whether you call it love, whether you call it just someone being there, whether you call it dominance, whatever. I don't know what he was looking for, but he was looking for something that he was not finding. And he was thinking he was having to kill these people to get it so they wouldn't leave him. Because in his mind, if they're dead or they're a zombie, he he's no longer, you know inferior to them he's not you know he doesn't have to be strong he doesn't have to be brave he doesn't have to be outgoing he can be shy and he doesn't worry that he's not good enough for him i'm not making excuses for this sick fuck let's just be known now there's no excuses made for him i'm just trying to delve into it and wondering why we had that fascination with it now the series on netflix again if you're a fan of true crime watch it it's a little slow like it, it does slow most of the episodes a lot of the episodes tend to be the same formula because again that was his mo it's a little slow in plotting at times there's certain episodes that i think they could have kicked out completely or kicked parts of it out and told the story and moved it along a little quicker but i think it's delving into a lot more of him and it's delving into his issues that he had is delving into his family issues and like i said is dealing with from the perspective of his neighbors from the perspective of the families of the victims it delves a lot into that, so it, this isn't a gore fest. This isn't a you know fast-paced, intense, suspenseful horror series. This is the series that is telling the story of a really, truly sick, sick monster, and it's telling the stories from the family's perspective, with him being the focal point, but not necessarily being the main aspect of the story if that makes sense you have to watch the show to get it it's not the again it's not the quickest paced show there's a lot of times when it's slow and plotting but it's because it's building to what the story is and it's trying to create suspense and it's trying to give you the um realism of what was going on at that time and the frustration of people around him who might have known stuff was going on and couldn't get anything done because of prejudices at the time but you know it's it's if you like true crime it's a show to watch and evan peters does an amazing job everybody involved in the show does an amazing job like all the acting is on point all the acting is great they tell the story at enough of a pace to keep you invested in it whether that's good or bad i don't know but Again, if you're a fan of true crime, it's there. It's probably one of the biggest things on Netflix right now. It's one of the biggest things I've ever done. I think it's been viewed 300 million times or so, I believe is what they said. Um, and that's that's just huge. And that shows you how much of a fascination people have with this topic of serial killers or just true crime in general. But thank you all for listening. Thank you all for liking sharing and subscribing wherever you're at um follow me on twitter i'm at nerdpool pod i'm on instagram at nerdpool podcast i am on tiktok at nerdpool podcast i'm on twitch at nerdpool gaming you know anywhere you follow me i can it's great again look for the sunday pun days um thank you for halloween pool thank you for listening uh, this month is great. We've got the b-horror movie review coming up as you know um i've got reviews of movies coming out i've got uh, more scary places 
to look at and you know some other stuff that maybe we can get into later but this is my favorite time of year um the weather's great and halloween is just a fun time so thank you all for listening to halloween pool and thank you for listening to nerd pool so until next time see ya we hope you enjoyed this episode of nerd pool be sure to come back next time for more tales of the frightening and the dreadful until next time remember to avoid things that go bump in the night